0: Welcome back to Kathmandu-Kurakani, the British Embassy in Nepal's podcast about the things that matter. And there's nothing that matters more than climate change. COP26, the UN Climate Summit, is underway. World leaders have been meeting in Glasgow in the UK this week, and it's great to see so much reporting and discussion of climate issues. Today is a particularly special day at COP. It's Youth Day. So I'm delighted that last week I was able to hear from some knowledgeable and articulate young Nepalese who care deeply about the impacts of climate change and are working to make a difference. I'm Nicola Pollitt, the British ambassador here in Nepal. Jalabayu paribatan kakara garau. So this morning I have with me two young women, Prakriti Koirala, who is a student of environmental science and about to go to COP as one of the youth delegates and Sonam Lama, a journalist. Welcome both of you, great to have you with us. Prakriti first, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into climate issues and what you're doing about them now.
1: I am Prakriti Koyala and I'm pursuing my master's degree in environmental science, uh, specializing in the disaster risk reduction and environmental policy from Tribhuvan University here in Nepal and I am doing my thesis in Climate Change Vulnerability Assessment in Agricultural Sector of Marsangdi River Basin of Nepal. Um, I have been involved in campaigning, awareness raising programs, and research-oriented activities since past six years now. Talking about this, how it all started, I studied in Siddhartha Vanassal Institute where I was a member of uh, Climate Change Learning Center when I was in grade eight and my climate Activism or climate journey started from those days and then I studied um, environmental science in my bachelor's. Um, the more I studied, the more I got familiar with the data and scientific reports about uh, prediction of our planets and our future, uh, the more I felt helpless but still hopeful that uh, we are the only one who could make it, make it right. Yeah. So knowing about the natural resources and its beauty and again its uh, vulnerability and dependency of Nepal. Uh, it made me realize that I can and I must uh, contribute in climate action mm. and so this is how all started.
0: Yeah, yeah, now the COVID situation is improving, hopefully you can get out and do some research on the ground. Thank you. And
2: Sonam, how about you? Thank you so much Ambassador. Um, my name is Sonam Lama. I am a journalist. Uh, I started my career in journalism in 2017. And then I moved to multimedia journalism in 2019. And since my um, initiation in journalism, I I started writing in social and environmental issues. And talking about my interest, I was I, I felt this deep connection to nature because I think it was from my community as well, since I belong to an indigenous Huomo community. The community is really close to nature, so I think my first uh, ancestral uh, belongingness came from there, I think so. so. And after I started working as a reporter, I felt um, that I should write for environment, because uh, given the fact that there are really environmental crisis going around, and since being a youth, a woman, I think it was really important to raise this issue and so, so it all started from there. <laughs> and here I am writing stories on climate issues. Great, yeah, and I've I've read some of your stories. They're, they're really
0: a good picture of what is happening on the ground. Do you both talk to your friends and family
2: about climate issues? Is it a topic of conversation among young people? I think yes. I really um, talk with my family, my sisters especially. And because of me, I really see progress in them because before i when i used to start conversation in climate change it's they th- you used to feel like it's more of a science thing and it's it's more of a hearsay climate change okay the climate changing that's nothing new it was like a normal thing but when you just go drill down and deep, then they get to know that climate science is really okay. So this is really happening. And the first fact they get convinced and then after they get get convinced, they think that it's really important that we should take measures, take steps to tackle climate change. So yeah, I think this is a
1: good conversation topic uh, among my family and friends.
2: And Prakriti, do
0: you
1: find the same? Uh, it used to be a very vague topic uh, in my family before, but now uh, we have started composting in our own home, we have started rainwater harvesting in our home, own home because of these conversations.
0: Oh, that's great to hear. You're able to have conversations and then people start to make these little changes. Do you, you've both talked about learning about these kind of issues at school. Do you think that your generation, the young people today, are better informed than your
1: parents or than others who are older? In compared to past generation, yes, they are informed, but uh, we can't generalize it by only counting young people who are residing in urban areas or allied group of people. But uh, there are many young people uh, in Western Nepal or Eastern Nepal who are facing impact of climate change, but they are not familiar with this storm. They are facing the impact, but are not aware about the cause. We have a lot to do, uh, not only in the sector of this negotiation and uh, policy building, but also in the implementation phase in uh, involving local people in education, awareness, so that uh, every young people in every nooks and corner of this globe internalise the crisis and this urgency of climate. Sonam, you think similar? I
2: think, uh, as Prakriti says, compared to past generation, I think this generation is quite well informed, but uh, still there is, uh, I, I feel there is some gap because climate change, when people see it, they see it in a very superficial way. They see the changing of climate and they cannot really measure the impacts in social and psychological aspects. But as a climate journalist or someone who is working uh, in climate and environment, they can see that the superficial information is not only enough. Because as youths, uh, as the catalyst for change, someone who is really um, looking forward to uh, inviting change, it's not enough that we only have uh, superficial information. We need to have climate action, and for climate action, it's very important for communities to come together. And it is also important that local communities should be uh, engaged as a whole. I
0: was reading this morning in one of the newspapers a story which showed increasing evidence of communities actually starting to make changes themselves. And it's one of the things that we try to support through local governments, for the authorities and the communities to identify the changes and the priorities that they want to see, and then, then we can help support them make those changes. When you go out and talk to people, do you hear Both stories of harm and you know, we've all seen the terrible pictures from Western Nepal over the last few weeks. But do you also see stories that give you
2: hope? I would say partially yes and partially partially no, because I recently went to one of the remotest districts in Nepal, Bajura district, for my reporting, which I'm working on. Just as as earlier as I said, um, the impact, they are drought stricken completely drought stricken and it's crop failure everywhere and people cannot really relate it to climate change because they think that some god thing or some superstitious thing is really not uh, going well with them so it's really tough in a way to convince them because the education rate is also very negligible in that area girls don't go to school they get early uh, married in a very early age and Uh, One of the impacts uh, has uh, been drawn in youth because they go to India, neighboring country, for migration to earn money because they are really poor. Uh, the reason behind their poverty is 90% depend on agriculture, and the crops are really hit hard. They grow local crops which used uh, two or three decades ago, but it's totally declining because they have like extreme weather and snowfall is uh, declining, and due to that the crop failure is like so rampant, and they go to India to livelihood opportunity to earn uh, money. Prakriti, do you see similar in what uh, you've studied? Whenever
1: we talk about this vulnerability and loss and damage, we only talk about this physical infrastructure and properties. But uh, these intangible loss should also be taken into account. Mm. Climate change has negatively affected the mental health of uh, especially young people. Uh, It makes them angry and sad and and furious and anxious and helpless and powerless at the same time. Really interesting,
0: because we talk a lot about the mental health impact of COVID. Because I guess it's it's a sort of shorter term thing that you can feel very immediately. But these longer term crises and issues like climate, it's more difficult often to think in those social impact terms, the mental health terms. And Prakriti, you're going to COP26 in just 24 hours time. Tell us a bit about both what you hope will happen when you get there and also what your message is going to be.
1: Personally, and also as a youth, uh, we don't want any more uh, discussions and and commitments that just to store in the paper, piece of paper. We want action-oriented plans. Uh, We don't want COP26 just to be uh, diplomatic meetings or an annual uh, conference anymore. So we want action. Uh, And uh, we want nature-based solutions. And most importantly, I think that they must plan for the neutralization of uh, carbon that they will emit by travelling to Glasgow right after they go back to their country, this may be a good initiative to meet the net zero 2050 or even earlier 2050.
0: Yeah, that's important and we've um, been planning a a tree planting initiative to make sure that we offset our British Embassy emissions associated with COP and the activity that we've done around COP26, but um, I'm sure others will also be thinking along those lines and I think that you know as you say leaders are meeting to make commitments around reducing carbon emissions commitments around adaptation and crucially for nepal financing and funding for that but it's also really important when all of the leaders come back from COP that we move into an implementation phase where the long-term strategies and the adaptation plans are put into action. What do you think the role of young people is in that next phase as we move forward into making sure that governments across the world do what they've said they're going to do?
1: Talking about the population, youth are the majority of the population in the globe, so we must have our say in every aspect of climate change discussions and decision-making process, I guess. So uh, we are confident that we can contribute in climate action if we are given a platform. So at an individual level, uh, young people can change their lifestyle and also adopt green behaviors and motivate, inspire, and make aware others about to, to do so. And in community level, young people can engage themselves in uh, different uh, initiatives like uh, education, awareness raising programs, behavioral change, campaigns and uh, so that uh, it create climate concern society. And uh, in the state or government level, uh, both can go hand in hand young people can assist a government to achieve the uh, ambitious commitments and uh, agreements that we have. Also, if necessary, create pressure on government uh, to make them responsible and accountable in every decisions they make.
0: Yeah, and Sonam, I was talking to Kinder Dixit for the previous episode of um, one of these podcasts, and we were talking about the role of the media in holding governments to account. And as um, both a journalist and a young person. How do you see the role of social media? And do you think that that's increasingly a platform where the youth can speak out and hold governments to account?
2: Definitely, definitely. I think social media is a very powerful tool, including multimedia journalism, I would suggest, because since climate crisis disasters are really, it's really, off the board now, we are like facing each and every season. After post-monsoon, also we uh, uh, had this flood which killed over 100 people, which was just uh, two or three weeks ago. And so these things are more than said. I think these, these things are very powerful when it, when it is visualized, when it, when it is delivered in a video telling uh, format. So I think social media is a very powerful tool because youths now are like citizen journalists you know because whatever they have uh, they feel like expressing whatever is going wrong or whatever is not going well with the policies of the government they can just come forth and then they can talk about it so this has been a very good tool for expression as well and for a journalist uh, i think um, more than uh, multimedia is uh, also proper uh, tool because um, storytelling through videos are really powerful in that way So which is why I also switched, I also do print journalism, but I switched to multimedia because it is really an effective tool to um, tell whatever you want to. The bit that
0: I feel is more challenging for all of us, you know, myself included in, in my role, is how we move from understanding the effects to helping make sure that the change that needs to happen in terms of individual lifestyle choices, government policy, all of those things how do we make each and every one of us contribute to that process
1: uh, from my personal experience uh, whenever i uh, go to uh, survey or questionnaire uh, in rural area of nepal i keep asking them that do you face climate change do you know what climate change is and most of them answer no no we don't know what And climate changes, but after I uh, make them understand by saying that uh, changing climate, raining pattern, changing temperature, hot wave, uh, cold wave, then uh, they will say, "Yeah, we are facing the uh, change." Mm -hmm. Uh, So they are uh, most importantly, they are not aware that this is all uh, caused by climate change that is man-made and most of our document are also not in uh, local language with many of them are in English language which only a few of us understand and um, it must be I think this language must also be must also play important role uh, to make them understand
0: yeah that's true there is a lot that's in English because it's such an international problem a lot of the science and solution are are also
2: in English and I think um, local communities also play very usual because indigenous communities they have their own set of rules to protect nature like for example there's a bayul concept in my tradition in my community so the concept is like you you should not uh, litter around a forest and you should not you should worship a nature god so it's these kind of uh, values that really help them protect uh, nature in itself. So I think uh, when you uh, talk about policies and plans, it's very important to implement in the local level because whenever there is a gap in between and whenever there is a lack of awareness, it really fails in the local level. And whenever it fails in the local level, it's like kind of spiraling, uh, like kind of a vicious circle, you know, you just do one thing and then the other thing, the contributing factor is absent and then you just, you just know about it, but you can not do it, and there's limited resources. Yeah, maybe it would be good just to talk a little bit about the politics. So
0: in the UK, and in a number of other European countries, there are political parties which very explicitly stand for green policies, environmental issues, those kind of things. And that is where some of the youth in the UK of gravitate towards in terms of like campaigning and supporting change at a political level. Does that exist here and do you see any kind of movement for that kind of political change towards and policies?
1: Uh, I don't think uh, political party here in Nepal take this climate or environment as their priority. That is why I am also involved in student politics to highlight this issue. Because uh, the main motto of joining Student Politics was to highlight uh, and to take this issue uh, to the policy level. And whenever I get chance to talk about it with my seniors in this uh, political party, I always uh, tell them to prioritize these things, but um, maybe someday I will succeed. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long road but for sure, yeah, it's, a, it's long a long road. road. Right. <laughs> but
0: every conversation yeah. helps. <laughs> And I guess when you go to COP, you will meet lots of other young people from across the world. And how do you imagine you will
1: take those opportunities? What will you say to those, to your colleagues from different Um, countries? I I will uh, maybe learn from their best practices that they have in their country. Uh, I will share mine and maybe starting a conversation. And um, I have never been to UK before. I've never met so many youth from around the globe before. But uh, yeah, uh, I have seen this as an opportunity. Let's see. Yeah, it will be fascinating.
0: i will be so interested to see what conversations you had and who with and whether, you know, the things that you think are important, are they the same things which people the other side of the world, but also facing similar issues are also thinking. So Nam, you're having a blog published internationally, right? Yes, I got this
2: information, thank you very much. Tell us about that. Uh, So that is, uh, I just got the information this morning actually, so I'm a bit... (laughs) Okay, uh, so this is about climate change and how youth can play an important role to tackle the impacts of climate change in vulnerable countries. And so this, I think this is going to get published in a group of ambassadors. And what's your main message in the blog? Uh, so, it's I am yet to write the blog, uh, actually, but um, before I uh, also uh, submitted 300 word um, to get selected, actually. Oh, I
0: see. Okay. So, it's an opportunity to write a blog. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh. So, it's
2: an opportunity. I'm just looking forward to it. But, um, uh, yeah, so these things are, act, are very similar. I think a smart city building is very important when it comes to uh, tackling the impacts of climate change. So, um, these are the things and how youth protests and climate protests can play a huge role in uh, tackling climate changes so i think i'll be mentioning these things but i'll have to think yeah. over it again yeah for sure <laughs> and there'll be
0: lots of material i'm sure over the next two weeks as so much media is focused on climate change that will help you to think about what you what you want to say let's talk briefly about the future shall we before we finish when you think about your futures and your family's futures and you look forward, what do you think success looks like in Nepal or even further afield in terms of climate change? What are the things you'd really like to see change over the next maybe 20, 30 years?
2: I personally, I would really admire to have a lot of eco schools here in Nepal because it's very handful, I think two, three, it's very handful, two, three, or like four. So it's very important to instill that knowledge in a very tender age about environment, about nature, about what challenges we are facing right now and how uh, unpredictable the future might be if they do not really acknowledge the importance of nature and climate change and education and all. So I think that would be the top most thing I would love to see in Nepal in future days. I also did this one interview on EcoSchool and I was really happy to uh, see the students learning a lot about nature. They do composting and they do gardening every day. Yeah, that's
0: a really important, I think, a really important point about the link between education and tackling climate change. And we know education is the foundation for so much and this is no different. Uh, I'm sure you're right, education Um, And starting that really, really early is surely going to help.
1: And Prakriti, how about you? In addition to that, uh, uh, I feel like clean energy because uh, our country is prioritising clean energy and also prioritising the biogas installation and also increasing the import tax of uh, electric vehicles, which are mutually in opposite direction. Mm. Uh, So I want to see uh, my country uh, with maybe net zero emission and promoting clean energy. We have electric vehicles.
0: Yeah, Nepal has such huge potential for clean energy. Um, It would be lovely to see Nepal fulfill that. I hope we'll see some commitments from the Nepali team around net zero uh, as well this week. That would be great to see. Thank you both very much, really nice to talk to you and best of luck in Glasgow, look forward to hearing about
2: it when you get back. Thank you very much, Your Excellency, for this wonderful opportunity and oh (laughs) the conversation would go up for hours but (laughs) obviously we have a constraint of time so definitely we had a very lovely conversation, very uh, insightful conversation for sure. Thank you very much. And now to mark Youth
0: Day at COP26, we're lucky enough to have the chance to speak to one of Nepal's delegates in Glasgow at COP. I'm going to talk on the phone to Umesh Magar, who is there and has been participating in the youth events at COP26. So I am on the phone to um, Umesh Magar, who is one of Nepal's youth delegates to COP, who is in Glasgow. Hi, Umesh. Great to be speaking to you.
3: Hello and Namaskar from Glasgow.
0: Tell us where you are and, and what's going on.
3: Yeah, uh, I am here in the Glasgow, that is in the pub venue, uh, Scotland Event Centre. And today is the third day of the pub. And I have just here, after the finishing the pub event, that is a conference of the youth, that where we have uh, made the global youth status paper. After merging the, all the youth, national youth status paper, that has been by the youth from the all over the world. There we were around 400 youth and put it our to demand for the old leaders, for the future, and for climate justice and human rights.
0: Amazing! So, four hundred youth from around the world. And did you get to speak? Uh,
3: not probably as a delegate. Uh, I I wasn't in the panelists or I was uh, in the uh, speakers, but I have uh, put out my uh, input for the youth status paper and I have, uh, paper and I have also attending so many sessions uh-huh. that was held by the British Council and the other capital building sessions. So. Uh, that was the emergency.
0: What kind of things were the youth delegates asking for in the statements that you made?
3: So the just meant is about four uh, pages long, so I haven't go, gone through all the pages, but uh, wh- I have been uh, following the topic that we have been from the Nepal, that is to prioritize the vulnerable people to shift that energy transaction. That is, we have to go through the uh, transaction of uh, energy, that is to renewable energy from the non-renewable. We have demand there to shift that energy, and also we have I do to put the strong NDC to meet the target of Paris Agreement that is 1.5 or below 2 degrees Celsius. However, if we see the opening session of the yesterday of high-level delegate session, that there we don't find some of the former session because, however, from our country, our PM honourable said that they were promised to be a net zero by 2045. But our neighbour country promised to be a net zero by 2070. That is not. A uh, issue because until the 2070, there there's no guarantee
0: are you staying for the whole two weeks of cop 26 what what happens next
3: yeah i am uh, staying on the whole uh two weeks on the COP26, and i am gonna uh, follow up You youtube basically this is my first cop so uh, that will be my first experience but i'm gonna utilize my whole time to get my capacity build up and i will gonna attend following up the mitigation and adaptation part mostly.
0: So there are different elements that you can join according to your interest. Well, lovely to talk to you and I wish you all the best with the rest of the conference and look forward to hearing about it when you get back. So it was great to hear so much enthusiasm and commitment from some of Nepal's young people. Younger people have more exposure to the impacts of climate change, but they often lack the public exposure to make clear their demands, to share their knowledge and to challenge people to respond. So my personal commitment is simple. I'll keep listening to groups who don't have a loud enough voice and I'll do my best to amplify their concerns. What's your commitment? Tell us by tagging me at NicolaPolletUK on Twitter or telling us at UK and Nepal on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget to like us, subscribe and tell your friends.